This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Dan Sanchez is the director of audience growth at Sweetfish. They produce B2B podcasts that drive revenue. He is also the co-host of B2B Growth. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Mark. We've been following each other on LinkedIn for a while, and I said, you know, I got to have Dan on my show because he's in podcasting. He loves podcasting as much as I do, and uh, we need to tell the world about this incredible platform called podcasting. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I think you first reach out to me like in October. Uh, it's now August. <laughs> <laughs> I think I scheduled it and then had to reschedule it, and then somehow I got, I don't know, something happened, and it just got getting pushed back, and then boom, here we are in August. So it's literally been like 10, 11 months in the works. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I love talking about podcasting because I want to give the listener who doesn't know these statistics. I, I think they're mind blowing. According to podcast index, there's over four, over 4 million podcasts in the world. That's not the stunning statistic. The stunning statistic is 68% haven't been updated in 90 days. And th- something like 44%, I don't know the exact figures, have been updated in the last 30 days. So a lot of people jump into podcasting, think they're going to get a $100 million Spotify contract like Joe Rogan, who's been around since podcasting was a thing. I think people are getting into podcasting for the wrong reasons at first. What do you think? There's usually a a lot of people jumping in because there's so much hype around the activity. Um, but generally, most people don't make it past episode seven. In fact, most podcasts die. 90% of them die <laughs> before episode seven because you kind of have to have like a plan of like, oh, who are you going to be talking to? What are you going to be talking about? Do you have a, a kind of like a plan to go past, you know, 10, 20, 30 episodes? Like, how are you going to sustain this? Um, unlike blogging, a lot of people would make the argument that blogging has to be consistent too. For me, I don't think so. I think you can actually drop a lot of blogs all at once and then kind of let it rest for a while, especially from an SEO perspective. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, From a podcasting perspective, uh, you kind of have to be a little bit more consistent. You kind of have to pick your days and be able to show up every day if you want to hold your subscriber list. Um, And a lot of people just don't have the plan to do it. They just kind of get excited about it, launch it, and then they only get a few episodes in. Not that that's bad either. I'll be because you can get some practice out of it and kind of get an idea of like, oh, okay, that's, I missed it that next time. So the next time you do something else or maybe relaunch that thing, um, it's probably with a little bit more understanding. So it's not necessarily a failure if you learn from it, but it's not a successful podcast either. Well, when I started my podcast, it all started back in the spring of 2017. I heard this guy, you probably never heard of him. He's not famous at all, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he said, the future is voice and audio and everyone should have a podcast. And I remember saying to myself, well, I listen to podcasts. Could I start a podcast? I used to be a radio DJ back in the day. So I went to this website called google.com and typed in the magic phrase, how do I start a podcast? And I started it on July 7th, 2017. And this is episode 919. Now, I had this crazy idea on New Year's Day 2021. I'm going to release a new episode every single day. And I wasn't really thinking too far ahead at that point. I mean, I've never missed a day. I haven't missed a day since Christmas Day 2020. But it is a lot of work. Now, the more you do it, it becomes you get used to doing it. I mean, if a guest bails on me, I create a solo episode. It's no big deal. But 
you got to be careful of biting off too much because if you say I'm going to do a daily podcast, that's seven podcasts a week. So I recommend maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. But to your point, it should be consistent because when you start getting followers, if you drop an episode every Monday, well, next Monday, they anticipate an episode. If you go to Wednesday and then the following Tuesday, then they're like, I don't understand. And it doesn't show your professionalism either. Yep. They definitely expect it to be dropped at a consistent time, even though they don't listen to it at that consistent right. time. A lot of podcasts, you know, you 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 subscribe to a bunch, a lot drop into the queue, and then you it's on your time when you get to subscribe. That's the nice part is you could be like, well, I'm going to wait for my Saturday run. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to knock out a few, right? But they do expect it. Some people will expect it to be dropped at the same time. And I think you're right. Like a weekly cadence is kind of like the gold standard for podcasting. You can go more, but going less, uh, I have a few customers that go less and I'm like, uh, you really want to get to weekly. That's kind of like less than weekly. Is not that great? Yeah, Unless you're I, like an exception. There's a few exceptions out there that drop a couple, like one or two a year. Um, hardcore history with Dan Carlin. Yes. Fantastic. But he's also recording three to four hour long episodes. So yes. you're practically getting an audio book twice a year for free. <laughs> it's a little different. I, I think it's funny. You mentioned length is a, I've had some guests on the show that had told me, well, how long is your podcast? I said, well, they average around 30 minutes, but I really don't care how long they are. And they're like, well, I would never listen to, you know, an hour, an hour and a half long podcast. And the first thing I say to him, I said, well, this isn't for you. This is for the audience. And I said, number two, you know, there's something called a pause button. How do you think I get through a three and a half hour Joe Rogan podcast? I don't listen for three and a half hours straight. I hit the pause button. And, and so I want people, this is not commercial television. I want people to understand that there's no magic length to a podcast because people can drive to work. Maybe they hit all the green lights this particular day and they get there early. They can hit pause. And when they go home, they can unpause and listen to the rest of the episode. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, Sweetfish, we're a podcast agency. So we have almost a hundred active shows that we're managing. So I get to sit down with customers and they ask, this is a frequent question. How long should it be? I've heard shorter is better recently. And I'm like, cause attention spans, attention spans. I'm like, that's stupid. It can be as long as it's good. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're rocking and humming at 45 minutes and you and the host are on the edge of your chair for 45 minutes, <laughs> so will your guest be. Yeah. Keep that one going. But if it's, if it's, if it's feeling rough at 15, wind that sucker down, <laughs> call it good. <laughs> I've been there. I'm like, you know, I hit the pre interview call and most people have to go through the pre interview process on my, uh, for my podcast and they sound great on the pre-interview call. And I don't, we don't talk about their topic. I want to make sure they can, you know, have an organic conversation. And then they get on the show and it's like, they're giving me one sentence answers. I'm like, you weren't like this on the pre-interview call. What happened? And to your point, I wind those down because if it's torture for me, I can only imagine what the audience thinks. It's, It's gracious. It's being considerate for the audience. Like wind that sucker down. You still get the benefit of the relationship. In fact, I feel like the relationship with the guests is probably, especially from a, a B2B standpoint or a business standpoint, is probably one of the uh, less valued things that people don't understand about podcasting. And it certainly wasn't what I understood about podcasting. It was probably like the last digital marketing channel that I really explored. I'd kind of looked at everything else. And I was like, podcasting, eh. podcasts have issues. It's hard to discover them. It's hard to grow an audience unless you have audience somewhere else. I didn't realize how powerful it could be 
with building relationships until I met James Carberry, who kind of showed me the ropes on how to actually do it properly. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it became my favorite channel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I recently switched to Kajabi podcast because I'm a Kajabi hero. I've got my website, my blog, my membership site, my course on there. And they recently came out with Kajabi podcast, which is phenomenal because you don't pay extra. So you can have as many podcasts as you want. Most places, I'm not going to name any names, but you have one price and you want another podcast. You have to pay for it again and again. And my wife and I recently released a podcast called Mark and Michelle Go Keto. And it didn't cost me anything. And I really love how everything's intertwined. They're going to come up. They have paid podcasts now. It's all built under Kajabi Podcast. But the great thing about podcasting, there is a plethora of sources and options for you. It's not like back in the day when Joe Rogan started, you had to do everything yourself. There's so many options. So you can actually shop and then ask your friends and your colleagues and say, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What do you use and why? But I love the fact that we have so many options this day, this day and age. There is, it's so much easier and it's going to go. It's only going to get easier over the next couple of years. Right now, if you want to record a podcast, you still have to find software to record it software to edit it if you do any editing and a different software to publish it mm-hmm. those three major pieces are slowly coming together and eventually someone's going to make the all-in-one yeah. one where it's great to record quickly edit of course automated editing will be a thing and then quickly bam publish so that you actually get your intro outro it, cl- it clean automatically cleans up all the silence cuts all the ums and ahs and actually gives you quick editing access so you can cut out the little parts that were do-overs or whatever, and then bam, publish, syndicate. Wow. That's coming soon. Um, and I keep saying, keep seeing the the big players in the space. They keep creeping on each other's turfs. Eventually, one big one's going to buy out another big one and build the rest of it, and there's going to be an all-in-one. Uh, I'm writing a couple notes here I want to ask you so I don't forget. Number one, what do you wish people knew other than what we already talked about what do you wish people knew or understood about podcasting that you think most people don't relationships kind of like i mentioned before gosh if there's one thing i could help people understand is that relationships is what makes business work mm. right it's what what makes you job hunting work it's what makes getting your first big contract your first some of your key employees it's not just putting out a cold ad for employees or just reaching out to a bunch of vendors with spam email It's about relationships because a lot of things revolve around trust. You can use a podcast to build relationships with just about anybody you want to get to know. Some people are harder. Like if you want to get Gary V as often as he shows up on shows, well, he has so many requests that it's hard to get him. But just about anybody else, if you want to have an hour conversation, you don't have to go with the line, hey, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. So is that person's thinking like, what are you saying? My my hour of time or 30 minutes of time is only worth five bucks? <laughs> Very true. No, but a podcast allows you to add value to them by giving them the spotlight, the giving them an audience, even if your audience is small. It's kind of the nice part about podcasting is no one really knows what your downloads are, unlike YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So podcasts are great because you can invite anybody and then ask them just about anything because it's a podcast. You can build relationships that way. And I've used B2B growth to get to know lots of authors that I've read, lots of people that I'd love to do business with. Um, Even if they aren't in the market for podcasting, at least we have a relationship. I know if they are, they're probably going to come asking me about it, right? I never like, I never pitch anybody on a podcast. That would be absurd. Um, Get to know 
just key players in an industry. It's amazing how fast you can be well connected with an industry if you just go and third interview the 30 most established people in that industry. All of a sudden, everybody knows who you are, who are the major players, um, and it can really give you a, he- uh, a lead in. And if you're an entrepreneur, a podcast is probably the cheapest, easiest way to kind of build your network mm-hmm. and even make make great relationships with people who could be big buyers for you. Um, it gives you a huge advantage over all your other competitors if you have a relationship with the ideal buyer. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. You know, you made a good point there. If you are looking to get into a corporation, maybe to be a trainer or a speaker like I am, reach out to CEO and say, Hey, I'd like to have you on my show. You know, no strings attached. I just want to share your story with the audience and you're building that relationship. I think people don't think about that. So I appreciate you bringing that to the forefront here. Something else I want to talk to you about, you mentioned downloads. And when I first got into podcasting back in 2017, I would literally sit in front of my computer and keep it refreshed to see my downloads. And then I realized that the downloads are what's the word I want here are are not an important number because I have lots of podcasts download my phone. I never listened to for me. It's all about changed lives. Unfortunately, the only way you're going to know if someone changed your life, your life is if they pick up the phone or they email you or send you a DM and say, Hey, I listened to your show with Dan and I changed my life. That's really hard to measure. So I never give uh, download numbers because I don't have advertising on my show. But I can always tell when someone's new to podcasting, guest podcast guesting, and they'll say, um, what are your downloads like? And I'm like, okay, let me let me educate you here, okay? It doesn't matter because if I said I have four downloads and you go, man, your show sucks. But if I told you that it was Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, and Grant Cardone, well, now it's different. And we don't know because podcasting is still mainly private. I hope it stays private for a very long time. We don't know if it's a if it's a, a mom with four kids driving a Tesla makes a million dollars at her job and ha- lives in a mansion. We don't know, and so I don't like people talking about download n- download numbers. I try not to look at my downloads, but when I go into Kajabi Podcast, it's right there, and I try not to look at it because it doesn't really matter. What matters is how many people you're really helping. I've I've done a hundred plus episodes for B2B growth and more on my own personal podcast. Um, I've only had one person ask me about downloads and I actually think it was a reasonable request because it was somebody that was getting asked a lot to be on podcast. Mm-hmm. And naturally he's very busy. It was the CMO of gong. Um, Udi great, great interview. And actually I wasn't even the one to interview it. One of our producers interviewed him and it was a great, great, I listened to is fantastic, but he's very busy. And naturally with the success of gong in the sales space, um, he's getting hit up all the time to be on podcast. So he has to start being more selective, even our own CEO, because he's known for podcasting at Sweetfish, mm-hmm. He gets asked to be on podcast so often that he's had to like draw a boundary of like, Hey, like he doesn't do it based on downloads. He does it based on episodes. Ah. He's like, once you get past the 50 episode mark, let me know. Because usually people are reaching out to him for like their first couple of episodes. He's like, let me know when you've gotten here. 
I have to start saying no somewhere and I have to draw the line somewhere. As far, I have, otherwise, I'm, it's an opportunity cost of where I could be spending my time. Um, so I can kind of get that. Da- I think downloads is fair. Um, Udi asked about downloads. James does it based on episodes. I know Mac- Michael Hyatt does it based on episodes. Um, so Gary V's cool. Gary V does the same thing, except he's usually like, I either want to be your first or you're like your 500th, yes. <laughs> you know? Um, I think sometimes he says 50 is all about that number five, but I think it's fair. And I think downloads do matter. If you want to change lives, it's not the metric, right? Because there's things you could do to probably get more downloads. It's one metric, but you have to hold it in context with all the other metrics you're trying to go for. For a lot of companies and entrepreneurs out there, that's earned revenue, right? You want your podcast to earn revenue. So sometimes, even though it seems counterintuitive, getting less downloads means more revenue, Mm. right? Sometimes getting more downloads means more revenue, but you have to hold it in context with all the other numbers um, and not just optimize for downloads alone. Kind of like LinkedIn views. If you optimize for LinkedIn views alone, are you getting the right people to interact? Are they engaging with it at all? Right? Are you, do you have the right people showing up? But if I can get more of the right people showing up, you better believe I'm going to try to get more views or downloads in podcast case, right? So it's not necessarily bad, but um, it is one one point of data um, in the mix of it. I heard uh, Dave Jackson, who I think he has a, web, a podcast called The School of Podcasting or something like that. I had had a conversation with him and I was saying, you know, I'm kind of frustrated. I, I kind of frustrated. I got, I can be frustrating and frustrated, but in this case, I'm using frustrated that my guests, a lot of my guests aren't promoting my episode. He said something that stunned me and it's always been present in my mind. He goes, what's the name of your podcast again? Oh, it's the Mark Stuchowski podcast. And whose responsibility is it to promote your show? I'm like, oh, wow. That's uh. he goes, if the guest does it, that's that's ice cream and cherry and whipped cream on the top, but it's not their job. He says, Gary Vaynerchuk is on podcasts all the time. You think he promotes every podcast he's on? Because he talks about the same thing. Nope. He goes, it's your podcast. It's your responsibility. And I think that is really, really important to understand. Your B2B growth is your podcast. Now, if the guest promotes it, great, but it's not their job. They're just a guest. And so I am eternally thankful for every guest that promotes the show because I know that's a bonus for me. But if they don't, I don't harbor any ill feelings. Yeah, we have the same philosophy. We never get mad if a guest doesn't promote the show. And we've actually had Gary Vee on our show. He didn't promote it. Didn't expect him to. <laughs> we've, And that's usually for thought leaders the ones with big followings that you're chasing after because you think it'll give you a bump in the show, <laughs> they're not going to do it. The ones that have the most following are usually not the ones that are excited about promote promoting your show. It's the ones with less following, actually, yes. that promote your show the most. Um, so don't go chasing influencers hoping that they're going to share it with their Twitter following and promote your show. They usually don't. They really just want access to your audience to continue to grow their own empire, which isn't bad. It's good. They should be growing their own empire because they have change they want to see happen. Um, and doing a content collaboration, a podcast is a good way for you to both get that win-win out of it. But don't don't get mad at people when they don't share your your episode. One of the biggest spikes I ever had on my podcast was a lady, it was about three years ago, and she only had, I think, 1,500 followers on LinkedIn at the time. She wasn't on Facebook or Instagram, but she promoted the crap out of her episode. And I saw this ginormous spike in my downloads. I'm like, I thought it was one of the influencers that I had. No, it was her. She just was so happy with the show. She promoted it. And the reason why I say that is to prove your point. 
the people who have a less following are more excited to be on your show. They promoted it more. I've had someone who had, um, I think I had one lady on from LinkedIn. She had like two or three or 5 million followers on LinkedIn. She promoted it across all her channels on her email list. Not a bump at all because she's probably been on a lot of podcasts and people go, yeah, you talk about the same thing. Okay. But this other woman, I was shocked. I mean, it was a distinct spike and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I never judge a guest by who they are because you can't do that. I found that out the hard way. Yep. I remember the first, first podcast I was a guest on, man, it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> they wanted to do business with me and it was actually a Sweetfish customer at the time. Um, and I knew that and I knew why they were wanting to podcast, like have me on the podcast. They wanted to build a relationship with me. They're hoping to win my business at the university I worked for. I kind of knew the game. I still wanted to be on their podcast because a lot of players out there, a lot of the not the people that aren't quote unquote influencers, they do a lot of great work and hardly ever get recognized for it. Mm. They hardly ever get the the microphone or the stage to kind of share a little bit of how they're doing well. So for me to get like 30 minutes of time with Eric Olson on the uh, Enrollment Growth University podcast, I was so excited about it. And when they published it two weeks later and they made a little animated video on it and they had the blog post and all that kind of stuff, um, I went and shared it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, <sighs> Because it was selfish. It was all about me. It was self-promotional, right? Um, But I also got their podcast in front of more people. All my peers saw it, which is why it's kind of a good play to do it with uh, prospective buyers. Because one employee is excited about it. A lot of their peers are going to see it because they post it. Very, very good point. So I want to talk to you about this whole thing that's going on with the podcast players. Um, There was a day when there was only Apple Podcasts. I think Apple Podcast has lost their way. Um, I'll give you an example. They used to have like 85% of the market. Now they've got like 59%. The statistics vary. Spotify is catching up. I can tell you what I'm really impressed with with Spotify is I have a daily podcast. And ever since iOS 14 came out, I think it was when Apple Podcast made that change to the directory, uh, once a week, my daily podcast won't come out. And the next day, two of them will come out. And their support is lackluster. When I have a problem with Spotify, contact Spotify support within 30 minutes is fixed. And I think if Apple doesn't get off their duff and realize that they're no longer 85, 90% control of the market, they're losing every day. Spotify is, no pun intended, spot on. And I think they're doing a good job. For example, every morning I get up and I share a playable pot, a Spotify link on Instagram stories, Facebook stories, and on, and on the Snapchat. You can't do that with Apple podcasts. Why, why can't I, why can't I go right to the podcast player and share a playable link? And I think that I love to know your thoughts on this. I think uh, Apple podcasts, I think they better wake up pretty soon or they could be in a world of hurt. They're not going to wake up. They're not incentivized to wake up. Spotify, like I came to, I came to this conclusion a few months ago. I was like, why is Apple letting it slip? They literally have mountains of cash. Yes. They could blow this up. They're the leaders. If they don't screw up, they could hold their leadership in the podcasting community. They have very little incentive to do, do so. Spotify has all the incentive to own it for Apple. This is literally a value add. Yes. This makes them no money. It is a thing they started a long time ago that was kind of a cool idea. It was a value add when they started it Mm -hmm. for their iPods. 
right? Yep. It was just kind of like, oh, a nice little extra. Oh, we, the, this podcasting thing's going on. Let's make sure that we get that in the iPod to add more value to the iPod to drive sales there. This re- podcast represents such a tiny, small fraction of activity for Apple that they have no incentive to d- just d- start investing like Spotify. I mean, Spotify has invested probably like a half billion dollars now yeah. in acquisitions. I mean, Joe Rogan alone was like a quarter million, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they are investing heavily because if they can grow audio market share, that's a massive bump in their revenue. Of course, they're much smaller than Apple. So like the gains they're going to see from making it the number one source of audio content. And eventually, I think they're now even taking strides to get into audio books because they want to own more percent of ear, mm-hmm. right? That's their goal. Um, so Spotify has all the incentives. Apple has almost like half a percent (laughs) of incentive to do it. So this year, Spotify will overtake Apple. And then Spotify as the category leader will start to call the shots. And it actually terrifies me in some ways, because even though Spotify is making it better for creators, in some ways, they're making it worse. How so? They're, instead of democratizing it, they're starting to wall off the garden. Yes. Um, and they've taken major steps just recently towards that. And everybody kind of knew that that would probably be the case. Everybody kind of knew like, well, if they're making deals with Joe Rogan and saying, no, no, you could only listen to his full episodes on Spotify now. It's kind of like, uh, that's kind of a good indicator that they're going to make it exclusive to their platform. Mm-hmm. And even with Anchor, which represents a lot of podcasts, great product um, for setting up your first free um, thing, starting this month. New, if you launch on Anchor and you didn't have an account before, you don't have access to an RSS feed. Oh, wow. You don't have the ability to automatically syndicate it to Apple. You could still do it, but you have to request permission to get access to that oh. RSS feed. And then you have to set it up independently. They, they put out a press release. No, it wasn't even a press release. It was on the founder's Medium blog. Where he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this new thing. It'll be better for creators because then they could manage their own relationships with Apple and everybody else. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. No, you're walling off the garden, bro. Wow. <laughs> so you know, that's it, like a small, subtle play that as as a podcaster, I was paying attention, but most people didn't even notice it. So eventually it. You, won't, you won't even have access to that RSS feed anymore, wow. which means you, as soon as you start with Anchor, it only goes to Spotify. Wow. Which for most people, they'll be like, oh, okay, most people are listening there anyway, because that's where people subscribe to podcasts now. But that starts to create an anti-competitive play, which I don't like, mm. because just like Apple, Spotify could get into a zone where they don't serve creators well. Yep. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. What's interesting is I'm a big Apple fanboy. I've got every Apple product out there, Apple Music, the whole nine yards. And when I look at it, like, I don't know how many trillion dollar valuation they have. There's no reason why there should be a Spotify. There is no reason why Apple hasn't crushed Spotify. I think it has to do with leadership. They got a trillion dollar company. Spotify only became profitable like a year ago. There's no reason. There's no reason other than poor leadership. I mean, think about it. You got a trillion dollar company versus someone who just started making a profit. They're all service-based. They don't have iPhones and iPads. And I think it's because Apple's kind of lost their way. 
I mean, do you agree with me? Do you think there's any, there's no reason why Apple couldn't crush Spotify? I mean, they won't. They could if they wanted to, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm amazed that they haven't caught onto the trend that it's growing. Mm. Everybody's making massive investments in podcasts because Spotify, Amazon, even Netflix has started investing heavily in audio content, right? And it's not because they know where it's at right now, which it's growing significantly over the last six years. They're like, no, no, no. We know where this is going because it's here now. It's down here. It's going to be up here. Mm -hmm. So we want to be ready for when it's up here because it hasn't even hit the top of the bell curve yet. It's still early. Um, Only 40% of like the US listens to podcasts and it's probably going to get to 70, 80% like towards the end of the decade. Um, so I'm amazed that Apple hasn't taken that into consideration at the same time. Like I said before, they're, they're doing well on so many fronts with their hardware, with their software. Um, they are kind of screwing up across the board with their content though. Mm. Apple music's down who, who like no one's really like opting into their video service <laughs> as much as they are Netflix or Disney plus or even HBO max. Right. So I don't know what it is, but they've struggled with the content space and it's probably because it's just hard to stay focused on so many fronts at the same time. Yeah. And they're so good at hardware and software. Well, I, I have Apple music. I have an Apple home pod right here, a foot away from me on my desk. You know, the music on Apple music and Spotify are the same. Okay. And I could just tell the lady, I can't say her name because all my devices go off to play my playlist. Uh, I subscribe. The only subscription service I subscribe to is Apple TV plus. Cause I like the programming. I think it's not now, but I think down the road, you're going to find out the Apple TV plus is going to take off because it's all original programming. Netflix is doing original programming because people don't want the old shows anymore. They want new stuff. And Apple's, to your point, got a lot of money. So we're going to see how this plays out. It's going to take five, 10 years for us to play out. But I'm all in an Apple because I'm all about the privacy thing. But I, I, I agree with you that I think they've lost their way, especially when it comes to podcasting, because they had like an insurmountable lead, you know, in the fourth quarter. They're up by five touchdowns. And then they traded. Uh, Tom Brady, also known as Joe Rogan, the Spotify, and now Spotify is making a comeback. And like the game's not over with yet. And they keep saying, oh, we're going to do this tweak. Look, it's not tweaks, Apple. It's not little tweaks. How about you fix your system so the episodes come out as scheduled? I mean, let's start at the basics there. I mean, I can make a change in my Kajabi podcast at 2 o'clock by 2.02. It shows up on Spotify. It may take four hours to show up on Apple Podcasts. That's inexcusable. I mean, it shows up on Stitcher, it shows up on Pandora, everything else, but Apple Podcasts is a massive delay. And that's not Kajabi Podcast, that's Apple Podcast. So I don't know what they're doing on their server side, but it only affects them. So I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. It's I don't think they've lost their way, but I do think they're just not they just don't care. Yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> I just think I just think they're like, ah, oh, this is oh, you mean the JV girls volleyball team? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I heard there was something going on down in that division, right? <laughs> and I'm sure I just offended like 50 people, but <laughs> nothing wrong with the JV girls volleyball yeah. team, but we all kind of get it, right? You know, uh, it's something interesting. I've been in podcasting for so long, so I was with a company. I'll, I'll have to say their name because it's going to be part of my, my story when I share, uh, Libsyn. And one of the things I like about Libsyn is I would put an episode on there and I had all these destinations. They called them destinations and it was sent to everywhere. And when I went to Kajabi Podcast, they said, we only send it to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Those are the big three. And But interesting enough, 
my top three podcast players are not Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Ghana, an Indian Asian download. I had no idea. So I'm like, so with Lipson, I was able to get through it. I'm like, well, how do I get in Ghana? You can go, Pod News has this thing they put out once in a while, every podcast directory. And you could submit your RSS feed by yourself to any pod to any podcast directory. That's why I'm on Audible. I'm on Amazon Music. I'm on Ghana. And so I'm on something called Gia Savan. If there's a podcast directory out there, my show is on there. So just because your service only offers like the big three or four, you have the RSS feed. That what brought me to this is you talk about Anchor and no RSS feed unless you ask for it. When you have the RSS feed, you can put it on any player. Yep. Um. It's true. It's important to have access to the RSS feed. And if you have, if most services let you forward the RSS feed. Mm -hmm. So if you want to switch from Anchor to our preferred service, we actually use a player called Sounder, which is fantastic. Um, You can say to Anchor, hey, I want to forward my, I want to do a 401 redirect of my RSS feed to Sounder. And now you're on Sounder. It updates everybody else who's automatically checking the feed or whatever. Um, But having control of the RSS feed is, is massive. I have some friends that advocate like as if it's like the religion <laughs> that you need to have control over your RSS feed. Therefore, they're they're big fans of things like Blueberry or Castos that you can essentially host. You you store your episodes with their their media company or whatever, but you essentially run it through your WordPress blog and your word your your domain name is the RSS feed. You get a special plugin that makes an RSS feed for you, so that way you always have control of that feed. Now, I think that's not necessary because most, almost everybody out there, other than Anchor now, it's starting to go in a different direction. Almost everybody else out there, like, will let you redirect that feed wherever you need to go. But um, it is something worth considering, having control over that feed. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the show about all in one. And I think companies like Libsyn that just do podcast hosting, I think they're going to start struggling because like I mentioned earlier with Kajabi, I have the blog, the website, the membership, the course, the Kajabi podcast and whole and email marketing people. I, I agree with you. I think people, someone's going to come up with an all in one where you can edit, you can distribute, you can record because that makes life easier. And I'm on Kajabi because they make my life easier. I don't have to know all these different software. And I really believe I, I, I concur what you said. That is the way we're going because people want to do whatever podcasting, whatever they want to go to one source, do everything in one source and be done with it. They don't want to go here to do this part, this part and this part. So I think it comes down to simplicity and I agree with you. I think that's coming. It's coming. Gosh, I'm so as a podcast production agency, I'm just hoping for that day. (laughs) At the same time, it scares the heck out of me because I know if anybody's going to disrupt our podcast service company essentially it's probably going to be a tech company mm-hmm. um i remember reading the innovators dilemma last year and i was like oh my gosh yes we're going to get cut out from the bottom and it's going to be a SaaS company that just makes it so easy that you don't need uh, agency to help you with your podcast oh, wow. so even sweetfish we're actually developing some of our own tools not around recording editing and uh, publishing because i feel like that's too far gone we're building our own podcast marketing tools SaaS tools to to help to help us stay competitive and stay in the game we end up becoming less of a podcast production agency and more of a podcast marketing agency right um i feel like that's where the market's going so we're trying to stay ahead of the curve there because the tools are getting good really good Mm -hmm. 
Like I love Zencaster here that you're using is is pretty smooth. We use Riverside. Um, Descript is amazing for editing. Um, and then I, I really like Sounder. It's probably my preferred host. We got off of Lip- Libsyn last year. We had 80 podcasts hosted with Libsyn. Wow. I moved them all to Sounder. Wow. It was a lot of work. But what I love about Sounder is they just do transcripts for free. They built their own transcription engine. They don't have to outsource it. Oh, okay. So even on their freemium account, you get free transcripts. Wow. And then on top of that, they built their own search tech. So you can go in and search any episode for any keywords. And it's like, oh, yep, at five minutes, they mentioned that word. Oh, and at eight minutes and 933. Nice. And you can skip right to those places, which I'm like, that's not a lot of people use it yet, even though it's built into the player. But eventually this transcription and then the ability to search whole catalogs and libraries of episodes through the audio and pick the right spots is going to be important because, again, podcast discoverability is not great. I like where Sounder is going with it. Wow. That, that's really good news. Well, we talked a lot today about podcasting. You and I obviously have a love of the platform. So where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? You can learn more. I am active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's my place. <laughs> it's my jam. You know, Mark, we're, we're talking all the time on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at linkedin.com slash IN slash digital marketing Dan. Or you can find me on my personal site, danchez.com. If you want to learn more about Sweetfish Media, it's sweetfishmedia.com. If you're interested in learning about what's going on with B2B podcasting, we also have a whole free course on how to do B2B podcasting. We honestly are open books and we'll share all our secrets with you. We have no secrets. We try to push them. If you need help, then reach out to us. But generally, like if you could do it in-house, if you're a small company or an entrepreneur just trying to get started, just watch this course, man. It will help. It will teach you how to name it, how to how to drive it, how to grow your audience, how to how to be a good host, all that kind of stuff. Um, you don't need a you don't need an agency to do a podcast well. I mean, Mark, you're you're handling it single handedly, so you're you're evidence that you can be a great podcast host without an agency behind you. Wow. Well, thank you for being on the show today, sharing your insights. It was a great, awesome pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much again for having me on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.